0: Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you, Calvin and Andy and Roger. Let me add my welcome to the multitudinous amount of welcomes you've already had. Celebrate Ellen, and I'm also a minister on the team here. And as Andy said, we're using the service today to celebrate the network of alternative gatherings here at CBC. These are monthly gatherings that go out once a month on a Sunday morning to share God's love and to be church community in and around different parts of Chichester. Now, as Andy said, some of you, if you've joined our church since COVID, you may not know much about these at all. Uh, If you've been a regular here for some time, you probably will know a little bit about them, but you might have noticed that we haven't talked about them very much at all recently. COVID meant that many of our existing programs have had to pause, and this was one of them. And what we're hoping to do today is to bring back this initiative on our radar that we really felt that God is using, that he gave us a burden for, and to bring it back into our kind of consciousness and give it a fresh energy and some input today. So what we want to do is to trace the story of where we've come from to remind ourselves of how alternative gatherings even started in the first place, to think about why we do this, what they are, what difference they can make, and also what things look like going forwards. So the reason I'm sharing early is because I'm going to speak in two parts today, rather than one longer message, and as well as hearing from me, there'll be some little interviews with people who are involved in some of our alternative gatherings. We'll have a chance to have a nice big chunk of worship uh, in the middle of this as well. So for now, let's just rewind and go back to the beginning. Why did we start this initiative? Where did it come from? What were the seeds? We are a growing and happy church, aren't we? People appreciate our Sunday services, we think. People find faith here and they grow in their faith here. Why would we want to change things? Why would we want to mix up what we do on Sunday mornings? And it's true in many ways. This church is doing lots of good and always has done. But we felt God speaking to us over the years about the increasing number of people who no longer want to engage with traditional ways of doing church. What churches like us do is is great, it's important. But if we're really honest with ourselves, it is not the answer for an increasing number of people. Our culture is such that coming to church is actually an alien concept to many. People want to explore spirituality. It's not that they've not got spiritual things on their radar, but choosing to come to a church building is not the way they want to do it. And the idea of trying some brave ventures and exploring doing church in different ways has been rolling around the thinking of our church for many years. Twelve years ago, my previous colleague, someone called Ken Benjamin, he went on sabbatical, and he came back with um, a kind of a, a burden for mission and a paragraph to share with the church. And I share this really because it was a key kind of seminal thought in the thinking of the church about how we do mission. It was a summary of the thinking at the time, and I share this with you. This was the paragraph. When you have the message of hope for people, hope now and forever... When you have so much in terms of people, space, money, values, and unity. When your main ways are having great effect for some, but little effects for many. When you don't have to drop all the main ways that have some effect to try new ways. When what matters is the original messenger more than the cherished ways of conveying his message. When your aim is to find out what pleases God and go for it wholeheartedly, when it's okay to try things and fail sometimes and learn and move on, when he promises to come with us in power and guide us by his spirit, when we hit on what it means to try things in his name, then what follows carries with it responsibility and opportunity and adventure. And that really resonated with the church here And so the seeds were sown of trying some different ways of conveying the message of Jesus to reach those who aren't being reached with the resources that we've been given and a desire to share the hope that we have. With my appointment to the church not long after that, part of my remit here was to put some energy and some shape into thinking what this might look like. As part of the teaching and thinking about these missional communities, as we sometimes call them, I've shown a clip at various points along the journey which can help us to understand that we could be church here, but also take the church out. So let's have a look at this as a reminder of that. I think one of the really helpful things about that clip is it gives us a perspective about being church rather than coming to church, which of course we know, we know that we are the church, and yet we so often think about this being what what church is, rather than being the church out where people are. And we talked about letting go of some familiar things in order to truly be what the church is supposed to be. We felt Jesus calling us out. If we want people to come to be part of us here, we just can't expect them to walk into our building on a Sunday morning or evening. We've got to go and be where people are. And so alternative gatherings were born. Uh, We started with just one or two. We grew over time. Some started and stopped. Some went brilliantly, some not so well. We grew to a network of nine different alternative gatherings. And now, at the moment, post-COVID, we are at six going out in uh, different ways and serving different people, meeting different needs on different Sundays. And the idea is really simple. Would we be willing to give up one Sunday morning a month, rather than mission being something you add on to the rest of your week, along with your... Um, home group, perhaps your small group, and your work and your family and your social life, trying to fit in mission around that as well, would we be willing to recycle Sundays and use a Sunday morning time that we set aside to serve our community? We've got six at the moment. There's a a flyer on your chairs with details of all of the six outlining what they are each about for you to look at. They've all got different flavours. They all look very different. But they've got the same aim, to share the love and the good news of Jesus in places where people will gather with the aim of building community and sharing faith. And they are far more than just groups about hobbies or um, service provision or meeting a particular need. They all have a mission statement and a missional intention behind them. And whenever we start a new alternative gathering, we get the leaders here and we commission it and pray and send those people out. I won't be able to share in detail um, about all of the gatherings, but I do just want to give you some headlines of each so that you know and also introduce you to just some of the leaders. And so first of all, I'm just going to introduce you to Tim Charnick, who helps to lead um, Walk & Talk. Come on up, Tim. Give him a welcome. Tim, it's called Walk and Talk. We kind of get the idea. Um, maybe you want to explain a little bit more for anybody who doesn't know what that alternative gathering is, what you do and how it came about and so on.
1: Yeah, it says it all in the tin, really, doesn't it? So um, it's a, we walk and we talk. So we meet. Um, uh, it's the first Sunday of the month. We meet at parkland shops to start with, uh, and we go out, sometimes from there, sometimes we jump in the cars. It's about two hours. Um, it's a chance to chat to people, to get to know people. Uh, and then during that time, at some point, there's a, there's a talk. So we get people and they, it could be a, a little testimony or it could be um, sharing what sort of God's done in their life and what's doing in their life at the moment. Uh, so it's very, it's, it's very it's unthreatening, I hope, in, that, in a good way. Um, yeah.
0: Brilliant. Tim, tell us kind of what you enjoy about it, some of the encouragements, perhaps, what's positive about this as an alternative gathering,
1: sure. Well, I mean, personally, I, I love it. It's um, we've been going since the beginning. Um, it is, um, it's been great during that time to see people who, who maybe have come, uh, come along or been dragged along to to it, and would walk off during the talk and wander around, and then. But over the weeks, they've a month, they've slowly been drawn in uh, and and got involved and come to church. with those pe- people, people who have um, started coming to church. And and walk and talk was a good way of them, feeling church was um, approachable and and, and a safe place. So it's been great. And uh, some of the comments from the group I asked you in the week, um, as well as the evangelistic um, emphasis of of reaching out and telling people about faith and relationship with Jesus, is also a lot of people have really appreciated the fact that that it's been a a group, as we've got bigger, that they can share and, and, and get to know people and have meaningful uh, conversations and, and from that um, it's been great that that's spilled over into the week and people have prayed for each other because we've talked about things as we've been walking around, it's it's great it's open to all, all ages
0: Brilliant, thank you so much Tim, Tim we'd love to talk to you more if you're interested in getting involved um, I was talking to somebody in the week called um, Iris and she found her way into church and a reconnection with faith through Walk & Talk. I spoke to her um, in the week and asked if I could share her story again. She's there in the pink jacket. And she she saw Walk & Talk advertised in Contact magazine and she could see the group meeting outside the shops from her house. Uh, She was very isolated. Her husband had died, um, really lonely. She plucked up the courage to go and join the walk. And she would say she reconnected with a hope in God through what she described as her Walk & Talk family. And she's been with us ever since, has got involved in other things in different ways in, in church life. It's made a real difference to her and uh, many others. second one to mention is Renew Together. Renew is our well-being cafe. It meets uh, once a month on a Sunday morning, the third Sunday, and once on a Tuesday morning as well. They actually were out meeting this Sunday Morning, they set up a a cafe space in um, Orchard Street, the transformation centre there, and they've got a a brilliant vision to provide a place to come and be with a focus on well-being. It's a a safe place where it's okay not to be okay. Coffee, cake, quiet activities, conversation, and as part of that, they include a simple rhythm of prayer at the end for anyone who wants to join There was a young guy who found faith through CAP, who started to come here on Sundays, but Renew Together Cafe was his way in to getting to know some Christians. And at the end of the service, if you're interested in going along and being a part of that, either on team or inviting a friend or just it's something you would appreciate, you can talk, I think, um, Lydia and Yoland, give us a wave. I'm going to be at the back and would love to tell you more about Renew Together at the end. And uh, finally, before we um, worship together a bit, um, Gavin, come and tell us a little bit about Mud Sweat and Gears. Give Gav a welcome. <laughs> Brilliant. Again, it kind of describes it, Gav. Explain a little bit about what Mud Sweat and Gears is and what you do and when you meet.
2: Um, well, I guess we've got some similarities with Walk and Talk. We're going be a little bit lazier because we take our bikes instead of walking. But, I, wouldn't, um,
0: I wouldn't say lazy when you start no. to describe what it is. <laughs> It's not called sweat for no reason, is it? No, yeah.
2: that, is, that is true. So, um, yeah, we're um, um, uh, a handful of bikers that like riding our bikes and we like breakfast. So we tend to um, ride to, well, to breakfast. Um, <laughs> and we have we yeah, ride for about a couple of hours and we tend to have what we call a thought for the day. So it's, again, fairly non-threatening by way of, um, I'd say, sowing of seeds really more than anything else in terms of... Um, on a good day, we're standing on top of the um, Kingly Vale and looking at a lovely view, and the sun is shining. On an autumnal or winter day, we could be standing at the edge of a field in the rain. So it kind of...
0: Covered in mud, pairs, but... Well, exactly, yes. Yeah. So and happy or yeah, something. Yes,
2: so it, it pairs... Um, church back to its bare bones, I guess.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Gav, am I right in thinking that obviously COVID affected Mud Sweat and Gears, you're having to kind of restart, and really, you'd love to hear from people who might like to be involved, and that might help you shape what, what the group looks like going forwards, what source of rides people might enjoy doing, and so on.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, happy to provide more details for anybody, but also it's, um, like we say, with hopefully non-threatening in a similar way, so if people know people, that perhaps if you don't ride your bike yourself, but you know people who do, then absolutely fine to 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 sort of invite them along and um, hopefully we're a pretty welcoming group
0: Yeah, and it's and it open to parents with teens?
2: Yeah we've had um, teenagers sort of 13, 14 in the past where the group that we've had more recently has not had them but more than happy to to um, to have teenagers along absolutely. Yeah.
0: That's great so Gab will be at the back if anyone's interested in talking to him about Mudswet and Gears, thank you so much that's brilliant. We'll pause there, hopefully that gives you a flavour of the um, diversity, but also some of the good news that alternative gatherings are, and uh, we'll share a bit more after we've spent some time in worship together. Just got a uh, picture as we were worshipping, and it was of us all as church family on a kind of starting blocks for a race, and in order to make a good start and run in our lane and run fast and get to the finish line. Your feet have to be really firmly in the starting blocks when you're crouched down to make the starts. And it was just a reminder to me that growing out in mission is really important and that's what we're called to do, but we need to have our feet rooted firmly in those blocks to start. And of course, where we're rooted is, is Jesus, the one who is faithful and true, that we have the anchor in him the one who is love and mercy to us. It's really good to sense the presence of God here today because before we go out in mission, down that lane towards the finishing line, we are starting with our feet firmly fixed into Jesus, the one who is holy and true. Lord, thank you that you you hold us, that your faithfulness is for us that you are the one who rescued us before we even think about going out and running the race. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. Faithful and true, you are holy.
3: There is no one like
0: you, Lord of heaven and earth. Jesus,
1: worthy of honor and glory,
0: King of love and mercy. Lord of heaven. And earth. Amen. Amen. Thank you, everyone. Do have a seat. So good to worship God together. I want to read you some verses from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 11 to 18. And this is what the Apostle Paul says to the Corinthian church that he's writing to. Since then we know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade others. What we are is plain to God and I hope it is also plain to your conscience. We are not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than in what is in the heart. If we are out of our mind, as some say, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all. That those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Paul is writing to the Corinthian church here about the overriding logic of love. For Christ's love compels us, he says. The reason Paul does what he does is love. He loves God because God loved him first, and therefore he loves others. And he wants to share this message of reconciliation that we have, that God reconciled us to himself through Christ, and it gives us the ministry of reconciliation, that we can be brought back into a relationship with God. And this is a really important reminder about our our motivation, why we do what we do, however it is we serve, whether it is our alternative gatherings, whatever other area of service it might be. When you are trying to be faithful to Jesus in your front line this week, Monday to Saturday, if there are other areas of service in the church or outside of it, it's the compelling love of Jesus because we believe that he died for all so that we can live And that's the purpose of our church, it's the purpose of any church, it's the purpose of any Christian, that we exist to share the news that one man died, Jesus Christ, so that we don't have to. And we are motivated to share that with others through love. So when we talk about our alternative gatherings, a reminder, we're not talking about nice ideas or clubs or hobbies. They are ways of sharing this news of reconciliation with others. And our motivation is love. I'm really pleased that uh, Mark and Amy Sheldrake have agreed to join me in giving some oversight to the alternative gatherings network in my new role as the uh, team leader here a year ago. I needed some more help alongside me in order to oversee this network properly. Mark and Naomi were both alternative gathering leaders themselves of a community visiting programme called Heart for Parklands that had to stop during COVID and has now paused. And now they've stepped up into a wider leadership role. And they're going to come and share really briefly. So do welcome them. Thank you so much, Mark and Naomi. Um, I've got one question for you, really, which is why is it that you are excited to join me in kind of overseeing this network together? Mark, tell us something from your perspective.
1: Great. So, um, we were involved in Half Parklands, as Ellen said, and a couple of things that I really uh, learned through that. One, it's a massive joy to do something a little bit out of your comfort zone so visiting people uh was what it was all about meeting people in their homes they they uh they didn't really uh they weren't necessarily able to get out of their homes and get to church or get out at all so it was people that we wouldn't normally meet and it was an absolute joy meeting with them having cups of tea with them praying with them so that's that's the first thing there's a joy in this Secondly, um, for me, I I made friends on the team. This was an unexpected additional benefit, if you like, of alternative gatherings is you meet people in your own church who you wouldn't normally meet and work with uh, and get alongside and get to know and they become friends with you. So there's there's a
4: fellowship as well,
0: which was huge for me. It's a really important part of it. Thank you. Naomi, what do you think? I've got a couple of
4: reasons I'm excited about alternative gatherings and I love the, the vision. And the first one is that it's okay for it not to be forever. We've talked about the, the six that are now, the nine that there have been, and actually the changes over that time. Some of those have been brilliant for a season and done the thing they needed to do for a season. And one of the things that excites me about this whole um, idea and the, the listening back to Ken's paragraph, um, that, that we, we, we try to listen to God and we do the things that are right at that time and we don't just push on needlessly with something that is no longer working. So when you sign up to, to take part and to be part of the team we're looking for something that's for a season and for the for what God's leading us to do. Mm. And the second thing that's been kind of playing around in my head, I've been thinking about the, the places that Jesus had, the life-changing encounters with people. And he did go to the synagogue, but those weren't the times where the life-changing encounters happened. He went to talk to the religious leaders if he was doing that. Um, and I'm going somewhere with this eventually. I'm not quite sure yet, but so far I've got hillsides and fishing boats dinner tables and roads and if Christ's love compels us and if we follow Jesus where are our hillsides Mm. fishing boats dinner tables and roads Mm. they won't be the same place but the people they didn't come to him he went to them and he knew where they would be and in 2022 in Chichester they won't necessarily be hillsides although if you do mudsweat and gears they might well be Um, but where are those places for us And we're looking for people um, to whom God's saying something, saying, you know, what, actually combine your passion for cycling, for golf, for um, drinking coffee, for, for needlework with your passion for Jesus. And hopefully there'll be people sitting here this evening who've got an idea thinking, do you know what, actually, I wonder if there's a way... And come and chat to us. We're looking to, to grow more, to have people sign up to the existing ones, to regenerate those, but also to to look for some new ones. Um, we won't have the ideas. We're there to help you steer them. Mm. They don't have to be fully formed when you come to us at all. They, they can just be, I was thinking about this. Can I talk to you about it? And we're really excited mm. about where God might take us next. Mm.
0: Brilliant. Thank you so much, Mark and Naomi. Uh, They're absolutely right. They'll be around at the end, along with me as well, if you've got some ideas brewing. If you think you could be part of building community around something to share the love of God, then come and have a chat with us. Let me tell you about the last three of our gatherings. Um, Common Threads, on the second Sunday of the month, a group of women meet at the Community Hall in uh, Roussillon Park for creative projects, really, knitting, crochet and needlework. And whilst working on their project, there's plenty of time for chat and for sharing. There's always somebody experienced on hand to help you if you're a beginner. And they break halfway for coffee and someone shares something of their personal faith story. I love the name Common Threads. There's a common thread, the common thread of faith, that runs through the stories as well as the actual threads. Uh, of needlework and knitting. It's a really gentle way to get to know others, and it's really easy to invite people to. And I think Jenny Green's going to be available at the end. Give us a wave, Jenny, if you're interested in finding out more about Common Threads. And then we come to Cedar Ministry, which is a ministry to older people in care homes, which not surprisingly has had to pause over COVID, but wonderfully is about to start again. And Guy's going to come and share briefly about that with us. Thank you, Guy. Let's welcome Guy. Brilliant, Guy. Tell us, for those of us who don't have any idea at all, what Cedar is and what you do and when it is and so on.
3: Um, Cedar Ministry is a ministry that goes out to local care homes and nursing homes and and visits residents and staff there. Ministers to them. So what we do is we meet on a on a a Sunday morning um, and we all meet in the South Hall. South Hall. Yeah, in the south hall. Um, all meet oh, in the south and north. No idea. All meet in the south hall. Um, we have a quick sort of uh, perhaps a thought, and and we pray together, and then we go out to various homes um, and run short services there. Um, so that's basically it.
0: Brilliant. And um, you might be looking for new volunteers. What are people committing to? What do they have to do if they want to to find out more, Guy?
3: Yeah. Um, can I just say a bit about. What's so important about it? Yes, that, right? that was coming, first, but yeah, go for that. If I tell you what's important, then you're more likely to buy into this. Fair so let's go, let's go for that, first of all. Um, right, the, I, it's, a, it's, a, it's a thing that I've got on my, on my brain, and, and I have done for a number of years, that actually um, the current generation who are in nursing homes are possibly the last generation... That know things like the Lord's Prayer, that know and are able to recite Psalm 23. They're the last generation that, that know the old hymns, and the last generation that actually used to grew up probably in Sunday school and went to church and got married in church and went to church at, at Easter and Christmas and possibly more often than that. I don't think it's going to be long when the next generation in nursing homes won't have that experience. They won't know church, they won't get the stuff that we just take for granted. And I think now is a real, really important opportunity and fantastic window to go into those people and say, we're holding a service. And they go, great, we do service, OK will we'll come along, and what a fantastic opportunity to, uh, to preach the gospel to those people. Um, in addition to that, there are a number of people in those homes that get very few visitors. They may have been moved down from a different area um, by relatives, quite understandably to be closer to relatives, and perhaps have lost t- a touch with their, with their current churches, and we're there to help minister to them as well and to actually say to them, yeah, we're, we're with you in this one. We are church to you here and we want to build relationships with you. We want to encourage you in your faith um, in that particular in that particular home. So that's really the sort of why we do it. I can't remember the next bit of a question. It
0: was just about volunteers.
3: Volunteers, oh yeah, volunteers, right. Okay, so um, <coughs> we, um, we've got... Two homes that are definitely wanting us back um, now. Um, two homes, actually, that's one more from this morning. So now two homes that are pretty close to saying, yes, we'd like to come back. Um, and there's also another one that I've forgotten to contact, so I need to get in contact with them. But I'm fairly confident they'll say yes. So we're going to have a number of homes that, that want to have uh, services starting fairly fairly soon, which is a brilliant news considering where we've been over the last couple of years. Um, now we've had to had to stop over the last couple of years, and we actually have um, a number of volunteer spaces. So if you're interested in helping and you'd like to get involved in the ministry, I'd be really grateful to have a chat with you perhaps uh, after, after the service. Um, as Ellen's already said, and I think it was said, said a bit earlier, you, know, you don't have to commit. By coming to one, one, one weekend or one, one Sunday, we're not saying, right, okay, you're going to be there for life. Um, once you've been to two, that's a different matter. <laughs> but um, but, but if you just come and try it mm. and see how it works for you and see how you get on with it. Um, I'd really encourage you to do that, and I think you'll you'll find it a real blessing, Um, building relationships with people who you would otherwise possibly never meet and being able to try, try things sometimes that maybe you've never, never done before. Sitting with people, building relationships, that's the most important thing, but maybe you've never read in public or prayed in public or spoken or even sung or whatever. These are great opportunities to try stuff, perhaps, in, a, in an environment that's, that's completely non-threatening, but there's no pressure to do any of that, but the main thing is just spending time mm. with the residents and staff there.
0: Mm. Thank you so much, Guy. I mean, I've been around Cedar Ministry a little bit, and it is an enormous blessing, and it's more than just the Sunday service, isn't it? There's been several times when the team have arrived, and actually they've been called to somebody who is dying, and it's been an amazing privilege to go and minister to them. We've been involved in several funerals. We took a little dedication of, of a manager's baby in the home. We wanted her daughter um, dedicated. And I've got a picture that was actually in the Chichester Observer of this lady called Bessie, who actually got baptised at Marriott House. She didn't come here. We didn't baptise her. The people leading the team in that service, baptised her at 91, I think, with her family there, and it was in the local paper. So there's so much that's good about the ministry. So brilliant. Thank you very much, Guy. That's great. And finally is early birdies. Uh, Justin Jackson is a passionate golfer and he's passionate about Jesus and he started early birdies because he was delighted that he could express his passion for Jesus and golf, which is just as evangelistic about and merged them together in early birdies. It's a, an early round of golf. Um, the the uh, second half of the course, meeting at quarter to eight on a Sunday morning and finishing off with uh, coffee and breakfast together. And they always kick off with a kind of thought for the day or something to discuss as you walk round. There's a really key family in our church now who are here because they got involved in early birdies. He came and was presented with a trophy um, because he won at some golf tournament. And now the family are here and his wife helps on the kids team. And and she described to me this week, it, it was early birdies that was our way in to the church family. So if you're interested in that, Justin isn't here tonight, but Guy, as well as loving old people, also loves golf and um, can give you flyers and information about early birdies as well. I want to just finish um, by showing you this picture. It's of the Cholotica Bridge in Honduras. And it was built with such design strength that it could withstand the worst of hurricanes. And in 1998, Hurricane Mitch arrived in Honduras, and it was such a powerful hurricane that it caused mass flooding, it killed 6,000 people, and it destroyed 150 bridges, but it didn't destroy the Choluteca Bridge. So the bridge itself, after the hurricane, was left in near-perfect condition. But a wider view of the bridge after the flooding shows that the roads on either side of the bridge had completely vanished. And even more significantly was that during the massive flooding caused by the hurricane, the Choliotika River, which had been several hundred feet wide, had carved itself a new channel and no longer flowed under the bridge. And as you can see, the bridge now spans dry ground. Churches can be like the Choliotika Bridge, designed and built for a different river that used to flow. Therefore, a river that no longer flows under it. And the temptation is to try and redirect the massive river back under the bridge, when actually what is needed is to build new bridges where the river is now flowing. A bridge might be a brilliant piece of construction, but if it doesn't have a river running under it, it is irrelevant and no longer useful. Our culture has shifted massively. Churches are still standing, but the tide of our culture has moved away from where we are. It is no longer a given that people know Bible stories or want to come to a church to explore spirituality or contact Christians as the first port of call in a time of need. We don't want to be a bridge that stands really strong, that is really well-built, but doesn't have a river running under it anymore. Otherwise, it becomes something extremely valuable to its members, but largely irrelevant to anybody else. We need to build new bridges in order to engage where our culture is at. We need to move to find the river. And that is what alternative gatherings are all about. Engaging with people where they are, in a cultural environment where they feel comfortable, engaging in an activity that helps them, that meets a need with the purpose of building community and sharing faith, the message of reconciliation. Paul talks about being compelled by the love of Christ for bridge building, to reconcile people back to him, connecting with people through love. The love of Christ compels us. That's why, even though it's been a long journey and it's been a big pause with COVID, we want to get this initiative going again and go and find more bridges where the river is flowing. There's so much to be thankful for. It's been a brilliant journey. And we're really looking forward to seeing where God will take this in the future. So if you're not involved in any of the alternative gatherings, you might want to consider it. Maybe one of the six kind of spark something in you, for you, or maybe some friends that you have that you'd like to invite, please do that, chat to people at the end, take some flyers, find out information and get involved. If you've got new ideas, please come and talk to us about them. If you can be involved in something that gets something going uh, around a hobby or a people group or an area of service, we would love to journey that. With you, And let's pray that this network, along with all the other vital ministries of the church and all the mission that goes on out in our frontline places, helps to connect people and build bridges in a way that is relevant to them. So we're going to pray together. The band will come back and help us to close in worship. But let's just pray. We've sung about... This Jesus who is faithful and true, Lord, we want to pray that you would help us to have our feet firmly in those starting blocks, strapped in, so that as and when you lead us uh, to mission, that we can run with focus and direction, the race marked out for us. Lord, would you stir our hearts to mission again? As we are bowed down, would you be lifted up? Give us ideas, give us creativity, give us courage to try new ventures for the sake of those who would not come. and and However wonderful a church may be, won't step over the threshold. Help us go to be where people are and give us vision and creativity and courage, we pray. We want to share your love with those around us. Lead us forward, we pray. Amen.